Hey, Think Fam, it's your favorite host, Michael Finkley, and you can listen to us on CTR Media Network. Go listen in. And you will see. Hey, what's good? It's Bashan Mitchell, gospel recording artist, and you're watching The Michael Finkley Show. Keep it locked. You will see the goodness of the Lord. All new shows, September 25th. On the next Michael Finkley, from the stage play, Rotten Apple, playwright Barry Battle is with us, along with play doctor and assistant director Maurice Solo Williams, as they discuss the play's opening happening September 16th and 17th. Thursday's Finkley. to be chatting with these gentlemen right here because they have some amazing things in the works um, and the work speaks for themselves. So we're gonna just have them say what they're all about um, in their words, but introducing the playwright of the stage play, Rotten Apple, Barry Battle and assistant director, Maurice Williams. Thank y'all for being with us. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely appreciate being here for sure. You're very welcome. Very welcome. When I saw your works on these IG streets, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's have a conversation, right? Let's have a conversation um, because yeah. I love when I see um, people that look like me, right? They are doing it up in this industry that is so white dominant, right? But you're showing your works in your words. So I must start with Barry. Um, when it came down to actually writing a play, right? What did that look like for you in the beginning stages? So in the beginning stages, it's, um, so Rotten Apple is based on a true story. You know, it's not based on a true story, but, you know, some things happened that get, that inspired this actual story. So um, my cousin moved with us. This is the first time I'm even announcing it. So <laughs> is on your show for sure. So my cousin moved with us and um, some things that I, you know, I questioned, you know, he just got out of the military and I said, hmm, this makes for a good play, you know? So we started writing the play and it's been an 11 year journey. You know, we're finally here. We premiered it back in February. This is our second showing of it. And uh, then we're going to North Carolina the week um, after we perform it. I think we're going to North Carolina on the 23rd. Yep. To perform it. And then we're going to just take it on tour. So this is an 11 year process for this um, actual script. Um, Ryan Apple. Wow. Wow. And, and within your part, Maurice, as assistant director, where do you come in and support? Where do you come in and, in giving your um, expertise during this process. I'm basically doing everything that needs to happen to make this play perfect. 
So Barry and I, we talk all the time, and we go over every detail of the play, not just the play, but theater, Broadway, um, and we are setting our standards. And so when I go into, when we go in, before rehearsal, talking to the actors, talking to the director, and just creating a standard, a culture of excellence in the, in the process. So when we get out there, we don't have any issues. And the play, the heart of the play is what shows. And we're not stumbling over lines or because the audience doesn't know when things go wrong or when someone misses something, they're just enjoying the play. Right. But when Barry, when I watched it with Barry, because I watched both plays, uh, both shows with Barry. But I watched one without Barry. I watched the second show with, with Barry. And there were parts he liked, but I could see him just sort of like, ah, if only you, you hit that right, or that's not quite what I wanted or something like that. But it was still good. But there's a certain vision the playwright has. And so when we talk about all the details of it, my job is to to bring out the heart of the play. It's so we can get to the center of the play. And whatever that that has whatever I have to do to get there is what I had to do. We can get into details about it a little bit later though. You said it took eleven years. Yes, sir. At this point, um, to get to where you feel perfection, right? Why did it take so long, Barry? Mm-hmm. Because you can't rush greatness. <laughs> you know, you can't rush greatness. And when you actually see this play, you'll understand. Like, this is Broadway ready right now. It is, you know. And what I didn't realize, you know, the process of theater is you workshop, you find a fellowship, you do readings, stage readings and stuff. I didn't go that route. You know, I'm going the non-traditional route, kind of like the Tyler Perry route. But what I was doing was holding readings in my living room with different actors and stuff like that. And we would talk back at the end of the actual reading. And I was working it right there. So it took 11 years, 11 different readings for it to get to this actual um, level. You know, and it's never and it's never perfect because there's still some things that I want to switch. And, you know, it's an ongoing process. But, you know, greatness definitely takes time. Gotcha. Of course it does. Of course. You should know how long did it take for you to do this show? (laughs) And I'm still learning. That's what I'm saying. Still learning. So definitely understand where you come from with that. Maurice, in this process of being a part, what what have you learned about yourself? About myself? I learned that I really, really love uh, theater. I love directing. I love working with people. I love bringing the best out of people. Um, I've been doing some other things uh, that didn't have the, the type of stakes or consequences that something like this has. You know, we're, we're trying to get to, I mean, we're not trying to get to, we're going to Broadway. We're going to get it there. Working with somebody like Barry, who has the same type of ambition and standards for himself, uh, makes it easier uh, to work with. Uh, but what I learned by myself is that I really just love uh, challenge, the challenge and having the, the having those high goals, hitting those high goals, because um, we're hitting them now in, in rehearsal. We're hitting them uh, together, talking about the uh, what to add to the play, you know, um, and those types of things. Gotcha. And in that, you mentioned in working with Barry, Barry. but then this process, we see the we see now the glance of glamour of it, right? We see that it's it's now being seen by um, thousands upon millions, right, of people um, in that right. What are some of those struggles to get there? 
to say I almost gave up, but I didn't because I didn't want to. I, I had a mission in mind. What did that struggle look like for you? Um, so we were going to do this play in 2018, 19. Um, then I had my first baby, you know, my first child, Noah. And in that moment, I was just like, man, I need to focus on family. You know, I need to focus on family. And, you know, um, it was rough, you know, because we never had a baby before. And then right after we had that child, we had another child. So, you know, that was that was tough having two under two, you know, but then I realized what my wife actually said to me. She said, you know, you can't give up on your dreams because at the end of the day, God put something inside of you that no man can take from you. And by her saying that to me, it switched something. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't going to give up, but I took a step back. You know what I'm saying? And by her saying that, even through the pandemic, I pushed to make sure my last show actually went up. So, you know, there's struggles that happens, but you have to remember that at the end of the day, if it's just sitting on your computer, it doesn't matter. You have to relinquish it to the world so everyone can receive the message. And that's Rotten Apple. <laughs> I'm in the audience in a few weeks, Maurice, and I'm watching this play and I leave. What type of mental state should I be in? What should I be leaving with? Hello there. My name is Sophia Diaz, and you are watching The Michael Finkley Show. Pay attention, mates. Hey, did you get your merch yet? Your Michael Finkley merch. Visit our website, michaelfinkleyshow.com, and click Finkley Store. You won't be disappointed, I'm telling you. shows September 25th. Welcome to Father to Father. The mission of Father to Father Charleston, South Carolina is to help fathers in the low country area of South Carolina to be a positive and consistent presence in their children's lives. Father to Father provides community-based programs and support groups for fathers free of charge. They also help fathers connect to other resources they need so they can meet their responsibilities and secure their parental rights. Father to Father offers job coaching and employment connections that benefit fathers. Father to Father is a resource for local organizations that want to provide family support and father services. If this program is a fit for you, visit our location in North Charleston, South Carolina and meet our friendly staff here to help and assist. Or visit our website at fathertofatherinc.org. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hello everybody, it's Finkley from the Finkley Experience educational consulting firm that specializes in first-generation education. So we assist students with their college and career endeavors. We train school administrators on the state of first-generation students. And also, we partner with colleges and universities to assist their first-generation population for easy transition from high school to college. 
So if you're looking for a presenter or speaker that presents on these topics and so much more, visit our website at thethinklyexperience.com and learn about all that we do. We're looking forward to working with you. Aspect. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that. You gave us um, definitely a, enough information to us to dwell on. But um, I'm a three dimensional individual. Let's 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 go down into it. Right. What does that look like? So, OK, oh, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Um, so I'll give the synopsis that you break down the character. So so the play is about this man named John Smitty. He used to be a heavyweight champion of the world you know he's kind of down on his last leg now and he finds out that his best friend lucas does music um he sings and plays the guitar so now he wants to sell his home and move to new york city you know to become lucas's manager but there's conflict in his house because his wife doesn't want him his his son you know he's not really paying attention to his son and his son wants that acceptance but there's so many different layers within the actual play because there's different characters going through different situations but that's the meat and um potatoes of it and maurice can you know he can elaborate on the rest yeah so uh one of the first things Barry talked about when he asked me to come in and be the play doctor, be assistant, was we talk characters first because when actors know their characters, when the characters come across as they should, the play is going to function the way it should. The, the, the story will flow the way it should. The, the lines will hit the way they should. And so when we looked at, uh, especially at Sligo, the, the main villain, we're working on getting him... Uh, what, what, oh, what was I not supposed to say? <laughs> I was supposed to give that away. It's all good. <laughs> Sligo comes in. He's a, he's a slick talker, and uh, he he he's uh, he's throwing the family for a loop. Who who have these? Uh, he's from New York, and and they have these aspirations to uh, to to hit it big. And when somebody from New York comes around, starts talking about all the things that that uh, he's doing and now you have these uh, ambitions for yourself, they're starting to get pumped up. But as you know, like New York guys, they're, they're quick talkers, they're slick, they have a certain swag to them. And, you know, just as the, as a, as the play doctor, as an assistant, I, I'm working with these guys to try to really bring that genuine feeling to the play, to the characters. And um, can I talk about Samantha? Is that cool? Of course. Okay, cool. So Samantha comes in and she's going through some things with her father and uh, she's coming to some money. And this guy from New York hears about it and he starts, his mind starts to, 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 to churn. He starts to have these plots. And so there's this dance between uh, these two people who sort of are attracted to each other, but there's a, a deeper motivation there. You know, is it a genuine attraction or is it about money? Is it about power? What is it about with, the, with these characters? And we figure that out through the play and um, trying to illustrate that dance in a way that's authentic, the way you, the, the, to have you believe it. And that's, that's the challenge of it. And, yeah. um, so, and, so, and actually, Samantha, she has another dance partner because she's coming to Char The play takes place in Charlottesville, Virginia in 1965. So she's on her way there, not only because her father died, but she's also running away from an abusive relationship. So you're seeing a scorned woman 
um go through these emotions you know so it's a it's a pretty good play man so i i, I love i love this because you know I, I read about it and just seeing it a little more in depth from the maker and the person inside how does that relate to the title because when i when i first saw the title rotten apple i'm like okay I'm thinking drama. I'm thinking, you know, something, something doing with somebody, you know, doing something with somebody. Um, right, right. You know, and backstabbing all the all these different evil elements. Right. Um, is that something that when someone looks at the title, you want them to think about? Yes, because when you think of a rotten apple, you think about everyone. You, Michael, you have rotten in you. So uh Maurice, you have a little bit of rotten apple in you. Everyone has a little journal. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. But no, everyone has a little rotten apple in them. And that's what this play shows. Even if you're a God fearing person, there's a little rottenness in you, you know, and that's why, you know, we're doing this play. And that's why we're forgiven at the end of the day, because everyone has that that rottenness in them. You know, you have to watch out for you have to, you know, somebody to say something. But then you have to really listen to that deeper meaning of what they're saying, because there's usually two two different meanings to what they're saying, you know, gotcha. and that's what Rotten Apple is. Gotcha. Maurice, so, in this process of being a part, what what have you learned about yourself? Oh, myself. I learned that I really, really love uh, theater. I love directing. I love working with people. I love bringing the best out of people. Um, I've been doing some other things uh, that didn't have the, the type of stakes or consequences that something like this has. You know, we're, we're trying to get to, I mean, we're not trying to get to, we're going to Broadway. We're going to get it there. Working with somebody like Barry, who has the same type of ambition and standards for himself, uh, makes it easier uh, to work with. Uh, but what I learned about myself is that I really just love uh, challenge, the challenge and Having the, the having those high goals, hitting those high goals, because um, we're hitting them now in in rehearsal. We're hitting them uh, together, talking about the uh, what to add to the play, you know, um, and those types of things. Gotcha. And in that, you mentioned in working with Barry, Barry. but then this process, we see the we see now the glance of glamour of it, right? We see that it's it's now being seen by. Um, thousands upon millions, right, of people um, in that right. What are some of those struggles to get there? To say, I almost gave up, but I didn't because I didn't want to. I, I had a mission in mind. What did that struggle look like for you? Um, so we were going to do this play in 2018, 19. Um, then I had my first baby, you know, my first child, Noah. And in that moment, I was just like, man, I need to focus on family. You know, I need to focus on family. And, you know, um, it was rough, you know, because we never had a baby before. And then right after we had that child, we had another child. So, you know, that was that was tough having two under two, you know. But then I realized what my wife actually said to me. She said, you know, you can't give up on your dreams, because at the end of the day, God put something inside of you that no man can take from you. And by her saying that to me, it switched something. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't going to give up, but I took a step back. You know what I'm saying? And by her saying that, 
even through the pandemic, I pushed to make sure my last show actually went up. So, you know, there's struggles that happens, but you have to remember that at the end of the day, if it's just sitting on your computer, it doesn't matter. You have to relinquish it to the world so everyone can receive the message. And that's Rotten Apple. <laughs> I love it. But you have some amazing, other amazing individuals as well, Barry, in this in this play as yes, well. Indeed. We have we have so our so our last play that we did in February, we had Darius McQuarrie, you know, Eddie from um Family Matters. This play, we have Darren DeWitt Henson, Dorian Wilson, Professor Ophelia, and Vanessa Simmons. We have Michael, we have Michael J. Patterson, who you know very well, and a lot of other great theater actors that you know we truly love. And the talent that we have attached to this actual play is unbelievable. And I'm not just saying it because it's my play, and you'll see it, you know they're unbelievable. And I'm so thankful to have them attached to this play because the words are just the words that actors have to bring it to life in order for you guys to receive the message. So I'm nothing without them. I love it. I love it. Yeah, there were actually, there were actually some times uh, in rehearsal where when the actors really hit on the heart of a scene and you have to just take a second and, and just sit back and be like, appreciate it. We actually ended a rehearsal that way where one of our actors really uh, hit on a scene that he, he did he uh, been working on and man we were like we can't we have to end it on that because everyone was starting to get emotional yeah. and we were just we were just like man you, we can't it feels wrong to go past that yeah yeah i love that because you, you took the words right out of my mouth because i was going to ask a question similar to that to you maurice you know you know when it's real right when you all can connect in that way so when i'm in the audience in a few weeks, Maurice, and I'm watching this play and I leave, what type of mental state should I be in? What should I be leaving with? That's a really good question because uh, I talk to Barry about this a lot because uh, when I want, depending on who you are and what your life experiences are, will be what you take most, but we're, we're going to hit on so many emotions. And without telling you exactly what happens, um, you you will be different. The, the the point is when you leave, you're going to you're going to have a second thought about your life and what you're going through and who's in your life and how you're treating people and you're just self reflect. Um, some people are really are going to cry hard. Everyone should cry to some degree at some point in the in the in the play or multiple points. But everyone everyone should leave feeling something, and that's the whole point. Is we want you to get there. Some people will be sadder. Some people might feel um, like they can do more in their life, depending on where you are in your life. This this play hits on so many emotions. And, and we have so many different types of characters that are at different points in their life. You might identify with one character or another, and it'll, it should change you in some way when you leave. It's really our goal. I love it. Don't leave like you came. I love it. <laughs> Love it. Barry, it's happening in a few weeks, September 16th and 17th. Tell us more. Where, when, how? Tell us more. So it's at the, so it's at the Bowie Center for Performing Arts. Um, you can get your tickets at www.blnkent.com and click events. Everything is right there for you to know. Um, 
and then also browse the website because you'll learn more about our production company and everything. Um, but yeah, you definitely should come out to this play because like Maurice said, I didn't spend 11 years for writing this for no reason, you know, and I want everyone to receive this message. Even if it's one person that leaves with something, I did my job. I did my job. And I can't wait to be there to witness this in person during this amazing weekend. So uh, what's next, Barry? I know that this this thing up here keeps going. What's next? So I have a couple of stage plays that I'm working on um, after this this um, SAG strike, you know, Maurice and I were working on a project, a boxing movie, series, actually, you know, um, yeah, because Solo, well, Maurice, we call him Solo as well, but he's a writer as well. Um, but yeah, we're working on a project right now. It's pretty big. All right. So, so if you guys like Creed, you're going to love this because this, like, we're, we're both boxers, so we can write it in a different from a different light, you know? That sounds exciting as well. So Think Fam, I'm telling you, be on the lookout, be on the lookout, definitely. And all the information yeah, about this upcoming, uh, this upcoming stage play, right? Happening um, September 16th, 17th, will be all in the description below Think Fam. So definitely take advantage of this opportunity. Barry, Maurice. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Can yes, we end it? On this? I want I want to end it on this note. What made you want to create the Michael Michael Finkel show? What was oh, your inspiration? No one ever asked me a question. Uh, <laughs> um, my mom was in radio for almost twenty years, and I saw that she was she was a DJ, but she also interviewed local um celebrities that came into town gospel individuals and i love the way that she connected with these individuals as well and so um i always wanted this but i didn't know how to get started i couldn't tell you how to run a camera i couldn't tell you how to do audio lighting still working on all that good stuff and so i i just got started one day during the midst of COVID 2020 i got started and i, I turned on my android and i started talking and i haven't i haven't stopped since I have not stopped since. And with time and experience and talking with different individuals, I've learned how to do different things. And so now people come to me asking me for advice, which is still kind of kind of strange to me, but they love what they see. And I love what I see. So I'm able to pour back into those individuals that are just getting started because I didn't have that. Yeah. But I'm so glad I can be that to individuals. And again, the platform just to encourage, educate, and inspire um, yeah. persons with incredible stories and doing incredible things like you all. So oh, man, that's fun. dope. And that's I'm dope. not going anywhere anytime we, soon. We appreciate you extending your platform to us. Too, Absolutely. Absolutely. We got to support so each other, you know. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Big fam. Please support these individuals. Go. Go support it. Go support it. Oh, 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 oh. And before we end, my Instagram is Mr. B Battle. So Mr. B B A T T L E underscore. Follow me, please. Yes. Mine's is so solo speed. It's, it's super simple. It's just solo speed. Um actually got that nickname just because I sort of always moved at my own pace. But regardless of being poked or prodded or pushed in a, a direction. The name Solo kind of stuck because I always did my own thing. Oh, I should be Solo Part Two. I, I love I it. Didn't know that. That's what's up. <laughs> I love that. 
I love that because each of us are so unique in our own special way. Bring something different to the table. So why not? There we go. Think fam, don't go away. Hi, I'm Patrick Fawcett. You might know me as Tony Watson from Tyler Perry's The Haves and The Have Nots. And you are watching The Michael Finkley Show.